Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Jackson. I'm here with another amazing author that we're going to talk to about their newly released book, Into the Furnace. We have a 25-year-old author who's written three books. Uh, he is an urban fantasy writer, and he's someone that I think we all should get to know. He's a part of the Black Writers Workspace. He is a part of us, right? We're all in this together because we're here to write. We're here to learn from each other, and we are here to grow and take our work to the next level. Before we bring Alice Hood Fuller on the screen, I wanted to invite everyone to our upcoming uh, virtual book fair that will take place on December the 11th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It is on boothcentral.com. It is 100% virtual. We have over 20 authors who will be there to talk to you in their own virtual chat room, meaning you can talk to them just like I'm talking to you here with your the camera from your um, computer. And so all you need to do is to log in on December 11th. You can meet with authors, you can buy their work, and you can also hear from our speakers. And we have some amazing speakers. We have Kevin Powell, who will be with us to talk. We have Ardian Isma. Uh, we have Odessa, Odessa Rose. And we have the Poet Laureate for the State of Alabama, Ashley Jones, and she's going to be doing a, rec a recital of one of her poems. So, Mark, make sure that you're here on Saturday, September, I'm sorry, gosh, not September, Saturday, December 11th from 10 to 2 p.m. But right now we have Mr. Fuller with us who's going to talk to us about his books. Hi, Alex, how you doing? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. It is so exciting to have a young person on here to talk about their work. So excited to uh, see you and so excited to learn about what you're doing when it comes to writing. So talk to us about, and this is always the hardest question when I uh, host these events, host these interviews is to ask someone, tell me about yourself, because that's always a hard question. So I want you to tell our audience about who is Alice Hood Fuller, and what you're working on. And then we're gonna kind of dig into the work itself. And for those of you who are out there, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you're seeing this, we hope that you will share it with everyone so that everyone will learn about the work of this young 25 year old multi-book author, Mr. Fuller. Tell us about yourself. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, in a word, I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, I like to describe myself like that because that pretty much covers me and all of my interests, everything that I get involved with. Um, I love writing. I love movies. I like playing chess, um, superheroes, comic books, sci-fi, all that all that kind of stuff. Um, I just generally like to dabble in all forms of, of uh, entertainment. I like to be around people. I'm a people person. I love going out, being at restaurants, seeing new sites, and um, you know, just getting, you're having conversation with people trying to see, you know, what makes them tick, um, get different perspectives of the world. Cause I'm, I'm from Maryland. Um, but I haven't like, I haven't seen a, a huge part of the world. I've been to a couple different countries or whatever, but, um, I don't really have the money to travel like that. So I, I do what I can to be around all sorts of different types of people. So I can kind of try to simulate, you know, getting outside of my own bubble. So those are, those are the kind of things that I that I do, and that's you know how I describe myself. Just one big nerdy kid. <laughs> one big nerdy kid, everybody. I love it. Absolutely. We nerds have to stick together, right? And yes, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd. I mean, anyone who 
who spends the time to write a book, and you know this from writing, it takes someone who is very insightful and someone who is very detailed and organized. Because in order to write a book, especially when you're talking fiction, you have to be able to organize your thoughts. And so, you know, in order to do that, and, and you also have to have a broad perspective of the world. You, you have to be able to see things that other people don't see, you know, uh, because you have to be able to describe those things and connect with them and be able to have your reader connect with them. So your latest book, Into the Furnace, is urban fiction and um, I mean, urban fantasy. Talk to us a little bit about the book. Tell us about what you were hoping that your readers would learn when they read your book. Okay, so Into the Furnace is, well, actually, Into the Furnace is a sequel. It's um, it's my third written book, but it's the second in the particular series it belongs to. Um, it follows this superhero team, these biblically-based superheroes. Um, each of them represents some kind of principle, either virtue or vice, that's touched on in the Bible. Um, as they are embarking on this on this journey, they're going after this artifact called the uh, the silver tongue. Mm-hmm. And what this thing does is, when you have it, when you speak ho- while holding it, your words can shape reality. So there's the scramble to get it because you know everybody wants the world to be the way they want the world to be. And um, it's called I named it Into the Furnace specifically because I'm trying to I tried to do an allegory of the uh, the three Hebrew boys, the story mm-hmm. of um of them in the Bible when they were told to sacrifice their convictions or or face persecution and, and execution. And these characters, it's really coming down to a matter of conviction and um, whether they have discipline, whether they can stick to their morals, when they have access to this thing that kind of makes all of that relevant irrelevant, they could take the easy way out if they get it. So it's really just a test of their personal metal, whether or not they can hold out or or not. What did you learn about yourself in writing this book? I learned, <laughs> I learned all sorts of things. Um, one, I learned that I'm a big softy. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where I wanted to go to a, a dark place for the sake of the story. Uh, Cause I felt like, you know, I had villains in there that I wanted to be kind of despicable. And I was finding that it was hard for me to go there. Cause it's just, it's not in me to write it. Even though I knew it was, f- you know, fictional. I just couldn't quite do it. Um, I learned that I can be self-righteous if I don't check myself, because mm-hmm. um, there, there's a character in there that's supposed to represent those um, that idea of that hypocritical self-righteous Christian. And I was noticing that th- there were quite a few memories of ways I've behaved that I was drawing inspiration from or had behaved in the past. So you know, it it allowed me to convict myself really and 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 figure out and re-examine my, my faith and my walk and um, how I interpret what it means to be a Christian and, and all of that. And, um, you know, how important it is to know the word and, and spend time studying it. I learned that I don't like reading at mm-hmm. all. Um, I had to read a lot for the sake of making sure that the parallels I was drawing mm-hmm. from the Bible were what I believed them to be. Because a lot of these stories, I, I, came, to, I came to realize that I've been going off of hearsay for a long time. I, I sat down and, and went back to some of these stories and realized there was a lot in there I didn't know because I had never actually read them. I had heard them in Bible study. Mm-hmm. I'd had my pastor or various pastors, you know, preach on it, but I never actually sat down and, and read it. 
So um, it was exhausting. It was it was taxing and and it made me feel bad because I do proclaim this faith with so much of my being. And at times I was feeling like I wasn't measuring up because I'm like, I should know this book better than this. Um, so those were just a couple of the things that I was discovering as I was doing this. And that and that's so rewarding about writing is that you discover so much about yourself in the process. Like, I don't care if you're writing about aliens or whatever it is you're writing about, there is so much of you uh, that you learn that that you are able to examine and to interpret within the work itself. I love that this book is about faith. You know, um, I'm a Christian fiction author as well as um, my last book was general fiction, uh, women's. Uh, but I love the first book I wrote, which was all Christian fiction. I never stepped a foot in the church. I don't know about your characters, but this wasn't about church. It was about the spiritual experience that a person goes through as they as they grow. And um, and so I love that you're dealing with this at such a young age. I mean, you're 25 and you're you're putting your heart out there in this book to talk about an issue that many people don't even begin to um, to dissect within their own worlds until they get older and things get really, really tough. But you're young and you're saying, I want to deal with this idea of good and evil, you know, angels and demons and the power of the tongue. And all of that is so crucial when you look at what God says to us in the word, you know, the power of the tongue. I love that silver tongue and using it as, as, a, as, a, as a relic within your book is it's just very powerful. So congratulations on Thank what you. you're doing. Have you um, had people to review the book yet or have you heard from anyone? What are you, what are you learning from your readers? Um, I've had a few, most of them have been within my inner circle. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get a little bit more exposure so I can get a non-biased uh, you know, review. But one of the, the main thing that I've gotten from everyone who's gotten feedback to me is that there is a, there's not a clear enough distinction of, um, of like the line of morality. You know what I mean? Um, and if, if you don't know what I mean, I, in comic books, we have these anti-heroes and everything like that. And there's this general desire now in the, in the culture, the nerd culture for these characters that are like morally complex. And I like watching that on TV and I bought into that so much that I dirtied up my characters a little bit more than what I realized should be in this kind of, this kind of story. Um, my brother specifically, he's one of the main ones who was touching on it, you know, the importance of the righteous Christian. Mm -hmm. um, and while everyone said that the story makes make sense, it's consistent and the characters were entertaining and the plot kept their attention and all that, all that stuff was great. But hearing that, um, that they couldn't always tell who the good guy was supposed to be kind of, you know, it, and admittedly I did set out for that. I did make them morally gray, but I, I have come to accept that if you want to sh share the message of the word, then you can't be afraid to have somebody who is the good guy. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, moving forward, I want to be bold enough to craft a character that's supposed to be what the Bible says a Christian is. I know that can be alienating sometimes because they tend to get put in that self-righteous category or that holier than thou pious kind of, you know, nobody wants to see that. Um, but 
it is important to at least say that that's how it's supposed to be, even if that's not how it is. Mm. That's that's a wonderful insight from your brother that he would tell you that or anyone who's telling you that because you know your readers are you know you write for yourself some of us and but a lot of us write for the reader you want the reader to feel what you were feeling to understand um and to embrace you know the emotions that you want them to have um but when you're writing christian fiction or when you're writing anything that's religious or that's around faith it becomes difficult developing characters um it really is because for my main character in my first book he was someone who was making all the bad, all the wrong decisions. You know, he was literally, you know, he was human. He was just doing all these crazy things, cheating on his wife. He was doing all these things. And in the end, I got to a place like what you say, where I had to sit back and say, okay, I want the reader to see him evolve. But how do I do that? If I've, if I've made him too bad of a character, how do I bring him out of the ashes to a place where people can believe that he actually evolved too? And so I had to deal with that because in the end, I wanted my character to be someone who those who believe in Christ can see themselves in, you know, um, because, you know, Christ is, he's perfect, but man isn't. And so I, I had, I battled with that. But I love I love that that you got that insight and that you're you're listening to it and that you're willing to to do something with the um, the the review of the book. So talk to us, um, Alex, about some of your other things that you're doing. I know you play drums in the church. I know that, like you said, you are a nerd. I also know that you do some reviews of Netflix movies on YouTube. I found those because I am always doing my homework on everybody. And I love movies. And so I was excited to see uh, you take on a couple of things. I think the last one I saw, you were talking about the new movie with uh, The Rock. Um, and now I love The Rock, not because of the acting. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but mm -hmm. I love that you took this movie on because I was trying to watch it the other day and I, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this. What got you into doing movie reviews? Um, there's actually a very specific reviewer that I discovered maybe 11, 12 years ago. And I, I found him on a, on a whim because I, I'd seen Transformers. I'd seen the second Transformers movie and I was so young that it didn't take much to impress me. So I loved it. But everyone I talked to that was older than me was trashing the movie and I, I couldn't understand. So I, I hopped on YouTube and I just on a whim searched up you know, a review of the movie to see what professionals were saying. Mm -hmm. And I find this guy and he dogs on the movie for like five minutes, just completely tears it apart. And I followed him for the next, however long, 11, 12 years, like I said. And um, I always watched him with this like desire to do it um, because he, that's what he does like he doesn't he doesn't do anything else he just does mm -hmm. movie reviews that's how he pays his bills and um i i was so enamored with the idea of being paid to run my mouth that i always told myself you know one day i'm gonna i'm gonna jump into it so when i decided to pursue the writing venture you know full time i knew that i would need to build some kind of a platform for exposure and i knew that 
you know, there would be an audience for my books, but it would be easier to build an audience for my books if I could build an audience for me as a person. Mm -hmm. And everybody watches movies and everybody's on YouTube. And I already wanted to do it. So I figured now is as good a time as any to start. I so love I just, it. I love it. I love the use of technology. I love the fact that we can be do things ourselves now. Like you can go live and create a reel and do a movie review. You don't have to wait for the experts because, you know, people like me, I love movie reviews. I'm always looking for someone to give me a little tidbit. My family, we have this game where every Friday one person gets to pick a movie. And if the movie is trash, we like dog that person out, you know, the whole weekend, you know, it's not a good thing. Like, I don't want to tell anybody that's what we do, but that's what we do. And it's so much fun because, you know, it's like, who picked this movie? Oh, this is, this is garbage. Like, who did this? But it's fun because we all get together and you get to see, you know, all these different types of movies because we all love different, you know, movies. Like, I love a, ro a romance uh, you know, I love rom-coms and, and my husband loves action and my son, you know, he's going to definitely go for the, the sci-fi. So it's all it's all good. I love that you're doing that because as a self-published author, um, you do have to build your brand. Um, and so this is a good way to do it. So congratulations on that as well. I want to talk to you about another one of your books, uh, which just really caught my attention called Plus Size. And um I was so intrigued by this book because it's about a full figure girl who struggles with her self-esteem. And uh, you describe her as being beautiful, dark skin with purple eyes. And so I assume that she's more of the, the fantasy, the, I don't know if she's more sci-fi than, than fantasy, but what made you tackle the topic of body image in this book? Um, funny. I'm gonna tell the story really quickly. Um, just so you have the context, I was driving a friend of my home while I was still in school and we were having a conversation about superhero attire and what men wear versus what women wear. I was kind of on my social justice tip that day. And I said that um, I noticed that women's costumes are always like weirdly sexualized. Mm -hmm. And um, we had this whole back and forth about it, and he he didn't care. It was nothing he had ever thought about, but it was it was nagging me. So by the time I got home, I had had an idea for a story that I might still do, but I didn't end up doing it um, about a a um, a fashion designer who was in like it would take place in a world of superheroes, and his or her job was to design uh, costumes for these characters. And the idea is that one day this uh, plus size woman comes in. And he makes this like real sexualized costume for her to promote her body positivity. Um, and she fights against that idea because she doesn't, she wants to be viewed as positive, but she doesn't want to do it through a sexual light. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this whole conflict between the two of them because, um, you know, the the brand is, you know, sexual. It will make more money, it will get more exposure, blah, blah, blah. And she has to stand on her convictions. And But I couldn't quite find the angle that I wanted to do for that story. Um, so I just zeroed in on her personally and tried to decide what kind of superhero that would be. And when I framed her, um, I was dating a, a plus size woman at the time. And um, I actually almost exclusively date <laughs> plus size women. Um, but she was, she had loved the idea of the pitch. So I looked at her and I said, all right, one day I'm going to make you a superhero. And so I, I took her frame essentially and built the character around her um 
like her personality, her her fears, her hopes, her dreams, all that. I took all of that, exaggerated a little bit to craft this character. And um, when she would tell me about insecurities and things like that, and how that was something that she was struggling with for so long, um, it helped me come up with what kind of character this would be. This would be a woman who was able to see those insecurities, like know what other people were thinking about her. So I de mm -hmm. she developed a, a power to read minds. So she's all she always knows that people are dogging on her and, mm -hmm. you know, because of what she looks like. So she really has to put in extra like overtime work to um, to really find strength in herself, in her own beauty, because she knows that we all know that people say things about us when we're not listening. But mm -hmm. there's only so much that we really know. We we it's conjecture. Um, but with her, she has definitive evidence. She can't tell anybody because nobody would believe her or anything like that. So she's surrounded by it. And that just forces her to step her game. It was like either I'm going to sit here and deal with it or I'm going to be strong and and find strength in myself because nobody else is here to help me and and that's how that came along i love it i love it to death okay i am like loving the fact that you said hey you exclusively date full-figure women everybody out there hear that um i am also loving that you 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 empower her with these negative words i, I feel like um because you know, people say things about you, but nonetheless, you have to keep going and you have to be strong. And I love I love that. I uh, I do encourage everyone to go pick up both of your books, Into the Furnace, as well as Plus Size. And um, everything that you're doing, I am going to say to you, without a doubt, we're very proud of you uh, representing 25 year olds in this in this world of writing uh, is tough. And you've done three books, three by the age of 25 years old and you will do more. I know that you've been working on some, you worked on some plays at your church um, and uh, all of those things are so dynamic. But tell me, what does the Alex Hood Fuller dynasty look like in 10 years? Um, if there is a subsection of people who contribute enough to me that I can just do this, like I can just tell stories and I can make somebody feel better about themselves, about their faith, about their place in the world. That's really all I'm out to build. I'm not looking to build a Marvel empire. I'm not looking to be Disney. I'm not really looking to take over the world. I'm not gonna turn down any of those opportunities, you know, just so mm -hmm. we're clear. But it's more important to me that there is a um, that there's a real meaningful use for what I'm doing, and um, I know that there's the practical side of the fact that I have to eat and I have to be able to support myself. So I want it to be a big enough section of people that I can afford to do this. But you know, somebody coming to me and saying, "Hey, I read this and I feel great, and I think what you're doing is is important," really means more to me than um any amount of money I've, I've given books away for free with the deal just being just read it you know what mm -hmm. i mean uh, there are people who have bought it and have not taken it off the shelf and that really and i appreciate the support i don't want to sound ungrateful but in terms of what my purpose is or what i feel my purpose is it really doesn't do anything for me to have you know to look at the dollar signs but know that you've not 
gotten into what's in there because maybe maybe you'll hate it. Maybe it's not going to do anything for you or maybe it will change your life. I, I hope it will do the second. So, you know, in 10 years, if I got people who are going around saying that, like, I'm glad I found this kid, that would be enough for me. Excellent answer. I love that. And um, I, I hope you know that what you're doing is uh, changing the tide for the whole uh, fantasy sci-fi genre. There are not enough of us as Black people who are writing in these genres. And so when you do this and you develop characters that are superheroes and they look like us and they are you know, changing the world, they're dynamic, they're complex, uh, what you're doing for the whole writing industry is what needs to be done. And that is putting more Black voices out there into the world. And so you have to keep writing. There's no reason for you to stop. You need to keep writing because whether the dynasty is one filled with millions and millions of dollars or whether it's a dynasty filled with one person who is just happy that somebody enjoyed their work. And I feel the same way. I'm not in this to make money. I'm in this to, you know, hopefully impact one person's life. Then you won. Uh, for me, you, you have already won because you're putting the work out into the world. You're not being, you know, you're not afraid to do it. There are many people who are writing who are too afraid to put it out there because of fear that is not going to be accepted. But you're doing that. So you've overcome a huge hurdle already. And so I want you to keep, keep, keep writing. So our last question is always about how you published. I, I, I know that you're self-published. Um, how are you marketing your book? And then I want you to tell us how do we get your books? Okay. Um, yeah, it is self-published. I market mainly through Facebook and Instagram is where most of my followers are, um, you know, boosting ads and, and things like that. I also put out, um, you know, use services that give you advertising that they'll, they'll put it out there. I go to different churches to do book presentations. Um, mm -hmm. And I really, I do the book in the back of the car thing. You know, sometimes I just go out in the world and just see if anybody mm -hmm. would buy it. So those are the main ways I'm trying to, you know, do it. I'm, I'm looking into marketing strategies to learn how to get better at it. Um, Cause you know, while I would like to think of myself as a great writer, I have no experience with marketing whatsoever. So, you know, a lot of research on that. Where to find the book? It's, um, it's on Amazon. Um, the, you search the title of the book and it will come up specifically if you search Alex Hood Fuller. Mm -hmm. um, Cause some of them, I think one of them only has Hood Fuller on it and the rest have Alex Hood Fuller on it. So you have to put all that in. But um, if you type in plus size Alex Hood Fuller into the furnace, Alex Hood Fuller, it'll come right up. Well, Alex, this is a great interview. And thank you so much for being a part of the Black Writers Workspace. Thank you so much for this interview. I am excited to, to have met you. Um, I hope that your books do extremely well. And I do encourage everyone to go out and pick up his books. You know, this that's what this is all about. We started the Black Writers Workspace last year because we wanted to give our Black writers an opportunity to market themselves, to learn from each other, to share resources. And that's what we do on the Black Writers Workspace page. We have over 11,000 followers on our private Facebook page. And that doesn't include our Instagram and YouTube and different things that we're in Twitter and uh, different uh, platforms that we're using. So we are growing. Uh, but we want to also see our writers grow. And in order to do that, we have to do book hauls. We have to do virtual book fairs. We have to have roundtables. We have to do these interviews because as self-published authors, we have a really high mountain to climb when it comes to marketing.
Uh, but if we could do it collectively, we can all win. And that's what it's all about. So thank you so much for being with us uh, for your time. If you have some final words for other young writers out there who are, you know, writing but not publishing for fear that they can't do it, I want you to leave them a few uh, words of encouragement. Okay. I feel like I was asked to do the benediction. All right. Um, <laughs> so I am not George R. R. Martin. I'm not um, Tolkien. I'm not C.S. Lewis. I'm not J.K. Rowling. I'm not any of these people. Um, but all of those people have at some point been me, just mm -hmm. some kid in their room with a pen and pad or a computer, whatever it is they wrote on, stone tablets, you know, just crafting a story that they wanted to tell, thought was worth telling, whatever their motivation was, you know, they sat down and they wrote it. And because they did that, they became who they are. And if, I know it may seem cliche, if they can do it, you can do it. But that is the fact of the matter. You know, I'm, I don't have any, I'm not like the next level of philosophers like Socrates or anything like that. And even still, I can find a way to put words to paper and say something meaningful. And I'm a really basic guy. So like, I, I don't mean for it to sound self-deprecating, but I do mean that as an ordinary kid who has put together something that I do believe is worth something, if I'm doing it, I'm sure you listening, you have something worth saying. And, and, and if you don't think so, you know, just think about everything that you watch that you have already thought of, you know, mm -hmm. that made it big. You look at it and you're like that. I knew exactly how that was going to go down because that's what I would have done. You know, if that's what you would have done and you saw that it just made $10 million or whatever, then that means that your idea is a $10 million idea. So just go right. for it. <laughs> you're already not famous. You can't get any less not famous <laughs> than you are. Well, thank you so much. So well said. We thank you again for being with us, Alex. I want you to stay on. Um, I'm going to take you off the screen, but I want you to stay with me. So thank you so much for being with us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you.